0: All right. So, um, just observing some of you as you were walking in uh, just makes me uh, think we may have been a little remiss in reminding people of the value of moment-to-moment mindfulness. <clears throat> that that the sense of collectedness, you know, it's just of knowing that one is embodied as one steps. If there's an embodied feel, whether you're noticing all the ingredients of the lifting, moving, placing, that's beside the point. But the sense of embodied collectedness is is, is essential. If we're in the phase of our journey, where we're moving from uh, mind mergence, if I can use the terminology from last night's talk, where we're totally identified with every aspect of, of our lives, uh, to awareness, which is free of the conceptual overlay. Mindfulness is the first tool we use in order to differentiate the Goic covering, conceptual covering. Uh, that has, we have lived with our whole life. Now, um, it's interesting, in science, the same neurological pathway of perception is this identical to the neurological pathway of recognition. In other words, we don't know when we see something whether we're perceiving it or recognizing what we have perceived from the past, because it's the same pathway. And that's what I mean by mind mergence, is that what we see is what we know. And you can validate that just by looking around. And what we're trying to do is extract the pure perception from the conceptual covering, coding, that we've placed on it. And so all the tools that we have suggested or you have developed over the course of your training are relevant at different phases for that process. Certainly, mindfulness is. And the reason that we don't emphasize it to an extreme degree on this retreat is because mindfulness in its early application has a lot of willful... Uh, volition to it. In other words, it, it, the light switch of awareness. It seems at first that there's a light switch to awareness. You can turn it on, but mostly you, <laughs> it's off. And mindfulness is kind of turning it on and keeping your thumb on it so that it won't flick off it on its own, right? Well, at some point, that has to. Evol- we have to evolve out of the thumbprint. And. Uh, to to get a sense that awareness preexists our efforts in fact, our efforts in some ways obstruct mindfulness because if you think about it for what we were talking about last night in the course of the weekend, for you to be present you have to there has to be thought about what 's going on, and thought is the very obstruction to mindfulness itself it 's what it's what keeps us from being aware that awareness is already here is a natural expression is the thinking which is the partition between ourselves and the access point to that awareness so if you're doing a lot of thinking while you're in mindful while you're being mindful that's kind of complicating the mindfulness and it feels as if it's only due to when i'm really trying very hard but actually, it's counterproductive for you to try very hard to open to mindfulness. So we're not emphasizing so much moment-to-moment mindfulness, but that doesn't mean there isn't a place in in this uh, course or your practice for it. There are times when we all slip back to just the recognition phase of our perception, and then we're just locked in. We're just locked in to our conditioning, because that's what recognition is, is what we have remembered life to be, not what it is. And we just go like a, a slot machine or whatever those balls that go up and hit those things and make the lights go off. That's, that's the conditioning, right? You're just sitting your life in motion and it's bumping against bumpers and lights are going off. And so we want to free... Awareness from the contracted, its contracted surround, which is our thinking. So eventually we want to encourage the shift out of recognition towards what pre exists recognition or what holds recognition, really, is better said. Because the awareness that is the surround holds all objects, holds all experience. And to get a sense of that, the volitional component has to be less and less. Okay, so what does that mean? In order for that to be freed, we have to understand thought. If we don't understand thought, and I don't mean understand it philosophically or read it in a book, so you have a a, um, a intellectual understanding of it, we have to understand it. We have to realize it. We have to under. We have to go into thought and see what it does to awareness. That why does awareness seem so uh, limited when i while I'm thinking? What does thinking do? to that dimension of awareness? What, how does it limit it? And what you'll begin to see is that awareness is still there. It's locked within the confines of that concept. And so it does, it can't get out. If you're thinking about something being just what you know it to be, awareness is still shining off or holding that object. It's just that you're so intent on seeing it for what you wanted it and know it to be, that the object pre- predominates, not the awareness that is uh, the, that which is revealing the object. Stick with me. <laughs> okay, so to unlock awareness from the confines of our ideas and our opinions and our belief is that you have to see the limitation of those ideas those beliefs and opinions, and of thought itself, and we do that from a variety of different ways. One is that you begin to see that thoughts, as are all contents of mind, just arising. They're not self-induced. They're not. I'm not doing it. I'm not thinking. It. What someone said. Uh, we hear our thoughts. We don't think them. Same thing in emotions. All the whole content, the the whole, all of the content of the mind is really happening to the awareness that sees it. It's not a product of that awareness. So that frees you up from having to be too personally involved with your thinking and with your emotions, and that allows less conceptual investment in objects and with less invested concepts into objects awareness is revealed more and more because it's no longer con- confined to just what i know an object to be from the past right so these are the ways this but it takes work it just you, you don't get it in a uh, well, most people don't get it in just a, a week-long retreat they have to, this is a, a kind of investigation that uh, if it is meaningful, what we're talking about is meaningful to it, it has to go on in the course of your life to really look and see where it is that, for instance, that all opinions are equal. How many of us know that? They're all equal. But we act as if the ones we have, because our history is based on it and we have certainty but somebody else's opinion also has their history and certainty based upon it and and so but they're all equal they're all come from the same derivation and so when you begin to look and see in yourself the common source from which these conditioned qualities come and realizing that that's what you meet every day in conversation and in your likes and dicks, dislikes You know, it all sort of settles down so that it's manageable. And when you begin to see that thoughts are just believed ideas from the past and that the past is continually playing forth in the present, you wonder whether the present can be separated from the past. And what do I mean by that? I mean that the reason we see what we see and know what we know in this moment as you look around is because the memory function, the recognition function, is guiding the perception. So that's the past coloring the present. That's not the present as it is, it's the past for what it has been. I know that person and I'm back, you know, whatever, whatever. Or I know myself, that's the other one where, oh God. All the blemishes, uh, look in the mirror. We just go on and on. So we have to clean up the mess of the recognition. And we can do that. It's not as if, because it's the same pathway doesn't make it impossible. It makes it confusing in the sense that what is the present revealing? And what is the past overlay to the present? What is the present revealing? Well, if we just quiet, you see, if you relax your way for, uh, yourself away from the tension that thought creates when it recognizes something, you see, why would there be tension? Because it's taking something out of everything, selecting it out, solidifying it, determining what it is. It has to be held within the confines of a kind of tension in order to do that. So the sense of relaxing that tension away reveals, starts revealing perception without the recognition factor. doesn't mean, as I mentioned last night, that recognition isn't there if you need it. It just doesn't influence the perception as it once did. Why did it once influence the perception? Because I needed to know and as long as there is that neediness to know we will see from the recognition component not the pure perception component <clears throat> so now i can sit back okay let me let me just look Re- with soft eyes relaxed eyes just everyone you see And there's a sense of it not being as divided, as separated as it was moments ago when I was only recognizing and not really seeing. It's not that the shapes become homogenized so there's just one color. It's not like that. Shapes remain shapes. It's just that they don't form themselves so separately and distinctly from one another. And the space between the shapes isn't seen as space between the shapes, really. It's just part of the whole picture. Like a photograph, it's all paper. We read the distance between the figures on a photograph. We read it as space, but it's just all paper. I never know whether people are following me, so give me some nod <laughs> so there's a lot of work to be done. It's not just, it's not a passive, it's an investigative adventure. And you have to be interested in living a life free of concepts. And that can be fearful because it's giving up our control and what we know. And we like what we know because that empowers the sense of me to navigate myself. So we're not asking for you to start walking in the walls. We're just asking for you not to bring that forefront to the forefront immediately upon perception. And guess what it looks like when... Perception rises to the surface and recognition falls to the background. Still. It looks, feels, intones stillness. Because we're no longer talking about things, to things. There's no longer that mental discourse between ourselves and the thing we're identifying. The tension that we hold something unique and known with is relaxed. And with the loss of that verbiage, there's stillness. And so if I'm in tone, all of us together to be still, you'll notice how quiet the mind becomes as you move or honor that direction. And it's that available. It's not so far away. It's just that we feel more comfortable knowing the world as we've known it and less comfortable seeing it without the distinctions we've ascribed to it. And one is chattery and tension-filled and full of judgment and ideas and opinions and knowledge, and the other is still. Where do you want to go? What direction do you want to take? You can practice noise. Many of us do for years because we're self-improving. So we're building upon ourselves to be better than we are, and that's just going to be noise-filled. I'm not as good as I wanted to be. i am just doing this for X number of years. Or you can follow the pointings of the teaching, which is towards greater quietude. Once you get adjusted to stillness and quietude, you don't want to go back. (laughs) It doesn't mean you can't go back, as I've mentioned many times now. You can, and you can navigate, but you don't keep it as the constant pressure of knowing something. Because stillness is much more everything, really. Together, alive. (laughs) Why would it be more alive? because it's not conceptualized, it's not caramelized in concept, which is noise. See? So... Now we're verging towards awakening. We're on the right road we're moving towards that. To let oneself slip completely and shift their identity out of the identity of knowing self and other. I have more to say about that tomorrow night's talk. Okay. So I will uh, just give you a 15 minute or 10 minute guided meditation through the ideas of that monologue. So just focusing on our breath from a sense of relaxed ease and well-being, and you, you begin to see that the relaxation is so crucial to the removal of verbal recognition because it provides space. It gives you space. And so now, you can begin to see the difference between the sensations of the breath and thoughts about them, which would have been impossible even a few minutes ago if we were anxious or tight or tense or contracted. Now I want you to honor the space in which things are arising, rather than the things themselves that are arising. So as we settle even more and become more deeply relaxed, the space becomes more profound. and becomes more inclusive of all the objects that are arising within that. The sense of you within that space is just a little bit of noise still going on. That's all it is, is thoughts that you're not recognizing. That's all we ever were. <laughs> but within space, it, that can be known. So if you're sufficiently relaxed, you can include the self-fulfilling noise as well. Notice the spontaneous arising of content, of emotions, of thoughts, of feelings, of ideas, of memory, passing through that space. They weren't initiated by us. Their neurons firing spontaneous. arising on its own. So it's being freed from mindless or mind-mergence of the space being trapped within the content. Now the content can be seen within the space. And now we're beginning to separate out perception from recognition, because I'm not looking through the content to determine what I see. I'm letting the space determine the perception and not the content. What it's asking from you is relaxation and ease, that's all. Feel the difference between this expression of perception where aliveness is expansive and the perception through recognition, which is just subject-object, tension. And I ask each one of you what direction you want your spiritual journey to unfold. Which one of those directions? Because we can go either way. And commit to one Now I'll be quiet and we'll sit in silence for the rest of the period. as I ring the bell, see if the sound of the bell brings you back into mind emergence, where your whole day is in front of you and this is the end of the sitting and now you've got to do something else and on and on. Or whether you can keep the space that maybe some of you have approached in the sitting, even within the hearing of the bell. see how simple it is? It's not complicated. Because you don't want anything from the bell. You can hear it. That's the reason. Now it's much, more, it's much more difficult to hold that space once we start moving because moving is, seems so volitional and we're moving with an objective to get somewhere. And so the whole thing becomes linear. And as long as it's linear, it's meaningful and I've got to get there and how am I doing and all the judgment, all of, that's, all of that comes back in that is appropriate, then the appropriate practice for that level of engagement and activity and noise is mindfulness. You see, there's an appropriate place for each of these different practices. It's the best you can do. Don't try to outsmart it. It's what is it that this moment calls for in terms of my practice application. And sometimes you got to hold the light switch on, because that's better than it being off. Because even if you're pushing it up, you're not stepping on people's toes, you're not running into things, you see? It's consideration, propriety, gentleness, the beginning of ethics, kindness, it's the beginning. Even if your thumb is pressed against the light switch, it's still beginning. (laughs) And then there'll be times during the day when you're stopping, you'll just be quiet, and then you can let the the pressure off, because it's there. You don't need it anymore. You don't need the thumbprint. Like right now, if you're with me, nobody's pressing up on this thing. You've released the need to have to do that. This is the appropriate practice. Don't let the mind say, how do I keep this going? Then it becomes noise, and you're going to have to press it up. We want to find the natural, which is natural in here. What reaches out for you and grabs you, not you reaching out for it. Okay, have fun. (laughs) Enjoy your day. Enjoy your day. Oh. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.